Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Collective. We have another fantastic show for you today. I'm pretty excited to bring Grant. He's a first-time, first-timer here, but not first-timer in general. You've been on the Sheepdog Roundtable. You've been on Tools um, for Toolbox a bunch of times, but so old friend, but new for The Collective. Jason, always good to see you as well. And um, <clears throat> we're going to be talking about balance, but before we get into that, I do want to go over the fact that none of us are doctors and uh right now i'm working off of my phone in a friend of mine's basement that uh, we're going to make sure that this works extremely well so any thoughts that we do have anything that we do go over is our own personal experience so do take it with a bit of a grain of salt and make sure that uh, you do your own research if there's something that uh, you are unsure of or want more information on definitely do your own research. If you have any comments or um, questions, by all means, put them up in the comment section and we will engage them directly. Any thoughts or anything before we kick this off from anybody? All good? All right. Well, we wanted to talk the topic today, balance. As, as I was trying to balance my microphone settings and my phone settings and all this other stuff just a second ago, it's not easy. So, uh, Grant, this was your uh, concept that you wanted to kind of come to come to this with. So let's just start with you. What do you got for uh, just a general opening sentence on? Actually, before we even get into that, since you're since you're uh, newer here or new here on the show, why don't you give me thirty seconds, thirty forty five seconds on who you are, where you've been, all that good stuff. All right. So I'm Grant uh, with Honey Badger Alliance, and I've been generally missing from the uh, internet world for the last probably six or seven months. And I'll go into that more later on. It's very relevant to what we're discussing here today. Um, so I'm not going to go on that rant right now. Um, I was, I'm a veteran. I was with the, oh, this way here, the PPCLI uh, back in 2000. 2003 to 2005 with an overseas operation in Afghanistan, Apathena. Um, after that, I and I still have been here in uh, the corrections world now. I've been a corrections officer for 14 years, and eventually all that caught up to me, and I had to go and sort that out, which is uh, why I really appreciate and understand the concept of balance a lot more uh, deeper now, and I can help people in a lot more meaningful ways. And that's really been what I've been doing missing from internet land is I've been kind of figuring all that out and, and how to get how to make these things more meaningful for others as well as I'm learning to kind of get myself right. And kind of the biggest performance upgrade as well, which I'll kind of go into why here in a little bit. Um, and yeah, and I really think it's important because it's a very different take than what I've, I've had my whole entire life. It's a very different look at things, but it's been so helpful in, in lots of ways. I help myself. I understand how to help people. I understand how to recognize when people need help. Uh, and more importantly, it, it gives you a better perspective lens to view life from life is a lot more life's a lot more fun and interesting to live right now. And that's kind of what I kind of want to come back out of the darkness here and lead with. So that's kind of the quick and dirty about me right now. I like it. Um, <clears throat> well, before we get too deep in the topic, for sure, let's I just have a couple <clears throat> comments I want to hit on real quick. Octavian focused. Aloha. Aloha. Uh, tuning in today for this elusive subject. Thank you kindly for touching on it. It is our absolute pleasure. Satch, good morning ring. Good morning ring. <laughs> he recovers with good morning team. Um, Jason, any thoughts on balance just right off the top of your head? 
it's the constant struggle that everybody has to deal with. Uh, you know, you've got all your glasses full of water of one's, you know, family life, professional life, personal life, hobbies, etc. whatever those all may be, uh, the constant struggle to keep those regulated without one overflow on the top and affecting the others. It's, uh, something that everyone has to deal with. So it's, it's the, the constant struggle. Mm -hmm. Sean, any thoughts? You're muted. There you go. <laughs> uh, the, you're right, uh, boys, that uh, it is a constant struggle or not because some people don't engage in the struggle. It is a constant requirement or not because some people don't understand that they should sort out their balance in life. And I think that that is the real key is a lot of people talk about balance, but they don't engage in balance. And so as a philosophical concept, I, I wrote about it a little bit this morning on my Instagram uh, post. There's many different ways that you can approach balance. You can do it through the Eastern philosophies, the Western philosophies, the historical philosophies. There's many different ways to approach balance. But until you put your foot across the start line of trying to create balance, then they're just thought constructs without any real meaning or any real validity until you pressure test what works best for you in the sense of a philosophical balance. So again, it's, it's, a, it's a fun idea to think about creating balance, but the only real way to understand it is to go and force some balance into your life. Or possibly even imbalance, force some imbalance into your life to realize how unbalanced you are. At least, in, I think um, I was talking about this earlier today is that I think sometimes we believe that we are in balance just because things are the same consistently every day, but that doesn't mean that they're in balance. And sometimes you have to be completely unbalanced in a specific field to understand how imbalanced you are in all the other fields as well, if that makes sense. And I think um, for myself, like um, going down the road of post-traumatic stress, that showed me how unbalanced I was in everything because I was so unbalanced in that one area. If that makes any sense. Um, uh, Grant, any other thoughts on balance right off the bat? Well, I can skim it or we can just, we can get right into it. And I really like Sean, Sean, what you said there too, but con, uh, thought constructs, that's something I was kind of chewing on this morning as well. And that's a, I think that is a big obstacle um, because in order to, to get balance, what, what does balance really mean? It's, it comes down to how do we feel, right? Do, do I feel good? Do I feel well enough and motivated to take on things and how do I achieve that? And if you're walking around dysregulated, but we know it's like, I should be doing this, I should be doing that. Um, we know better, but then we still don't act better, which adds even more kind of baggage on top of it. And I really like that because um, we can tell ourselves all kinds of beautiful lies all day. Um, but the reality is that we're engaging that aspect from more of the front part of our brain, the cortex is where what we really need to address is that limbic system and how it ties in with the nervous system. Because what unbalances, we see things we don't agree with and they upset us. And that sends those, uh, it sends the supercharge into the nervous system via that chemical cocktail. And you know, if we don't get that out of there some way, and then we, you know, then we make peace with how things kind of unfolded, it's just going to continually cause disruptions. Um, and that's kind of just where, that's kind of my two cents on that. Ron, Sean or uh, Jason, any thoughts? 
Uh, I would say extended complacency is also a form of imbalance because if you're not at least challenging yourself in some way, even a micro step forward in whatever other avenue that you're missing, um, sitting back and being comfortable and just you know like being complacent and saying I've got everything sorted out, you're eventually in time going to find that you are no longer in balance because you are not progressing forward in some other other fashion. For sure, Sean. Yeah, what you just said there, Jason. Uh, created an image in my mind, and that is, well, what is balance, the physical act of balance? Uh, as I'm standing in my office right now, and um, if I lean my head just a little bit forward, well, that puts me off balance, but at least it puts me moving forward in a forward momentum trajectory. And so I think that that's a really important idea that you can feel that you have balance by being able to steadily stand in one location and own it, but you've only really got balance on, on a few inches of your life, the tiny little world that you're standing on. In order to get a good balance in life, you need to lean your head forward a little bit, get a bit off balance and see where it takes you. Find balance in the forward momentum of the off balancing aspect of life, as it were like that. I have this, uh, I'm getting this image in my head of balance being, you know, the standard image of balance, the one balance beam, right? And you either have, you're either completely balanced or you're not. And I think it's a, a bit of a simplistic view on it because the image that's coming up in my head is more like a cantilevered um, mobile, right? Where you have multiple things slightly off balance at different lengths at different distances to each other all keeping the entire structure in balance. And I'd liken that to, to life a little bit in the fact that not everything will be in balance at the same time, but that doesn't mean that you can't have a balanced life with that, with those certain, some things being out of balance and some things not, or some things being forward balanced while some things being in arrears, if that makes sense there. Um, what do you guys think in terms of balancing the self versus balancing those, uh, balancing the external processes around us. Should we focus on the self-balance right off the bat and then start working on balancing everything around us or should we work interchangeably with one another? What do you think, Jason? Uh, let's go Jason first. Sure. Um, you have to be balanced yourself and in the right fitness, mind space, et cetera, to be able to project any assistance in somebody else. Um, so you really have to take care of the self first and get, get yourself into the position where you are comfortable, confident, whatever the situation may be, where you can actually then be assisting others. Uh, so I think it starts with with the self first, for sure, for me. Um, Grant? Absolutely. I love what you guys said about this. Um, conceptually for me, looking at it both physically and mentally, uh, physically, we can relate to even something like say jujitsu, right? I mean, if you have forces, you, you're balanced while you're standing there, but as soon as somebody starts pushing on you or tugging on you one way or the other, you're going to have to, you're going to have to change your trajectory and your geometry in order to account for that, or you're going to get taken down. And then, um, you know, obviously putting yourself in those good pins so you can, so you can pass and things like that. You learn those things over time and those things you do have to work at as well as the mental, the mental aspect of it. And, and this year too, I've really, really dived into the concepts of philosophy and, and I read something and it totally clicked and I just took it and ran with it. And 
instead of like just reading about our favorite philosopher and kind of looking at it that way, it's like, what's the, what's the concept of philosophy? It's, it's the, the science of kind of measuring and weighing known points of information against each other. And then depending on whatever fits best with us, we take that one and we make our peace with that one. And so with the mental aspect of it, again, is the more we take the time to slow down, stop, to look at things and kind of see and discern things for what they are and then figure out how we feel in relation to them. Whenever something comes along and, um, you know, normally if, if you're not doing those things, if something comes along, all of a sudden it's like, boom, we give it a bunch of emotional energy and we get all riled up. But it's like, OK, I think I can understand this. And, and then you either agree with it or you don't. And you can make your peace with it because you just understand. And so and it's really kind of cool because for me, again, personally, in my own experience, I found that incentivized learning on every conceivable different avenue possible because it's like. Every time I learn something, it gives me a data point to put into that web. So now when something comes up and I'm like, okay, I don't know what to think of this yet. Well, do I have any known tangible things to compare it to? And I just, I start doing this. And if I don't, I kind of look and see if I can find it. And I'm like, okay, now based on what I've heard and what I think about it, um, how do I feel about it? And of course, that's if you have the time and space to do it. Like if you're not doing anything dangerous or, or, or things like that, or if you have to reflect on things. And I found that has been the biggest single tool to help me figure out me, my place in the world around it um, in the last little while here. And that's kind of a reason too, while I was uh, gone away, because I'm like, this is just so much fun. It was just like, you can explore and, and read things and and kind of figure things out and kind of look how it, how it applies your own life. So that's, yeah, that's kind of where I came to with that one. Sure. Sean, any thoughts? I think that uh, using the reference of BJJ or martial arts, uh, as a beginner, one of the things that you have to learn quickly if you want to be better, is uh, base, posture, and structure. Uh, when you're in a standing position, you have to have a solid base, which means that you're hard to move. You have to have a good posture so that you can't be broken down. Uh, you have to have a good structure so that you're not relying on your muscles. You're relying on your skeletal system. So base, posture, and structure are critical for anyone who's in judo or stand-up grappling, as it were. And so I think that that uh, plays out well into an individual's balance. If you are, if you don't have your base posture and structure squared away in your mind, in your life, in your activities, in how you pursue uh, betterment, if you aren't stable, then how, how can you understand what balance is? If you, if you, if you are trying to stand still and you keep toppling over because you don't understand how to get to a baseline of base posture and structure, become a stable entity, then how, how do you perform tricks? What, what are tricks? You know, like tricks are things that are built off of a stable platform. If you want to be a Cirque du Soleil performer, you've got to figure out how to be stable before you go out and be a superhero uh, in a circus. And I think that's a little bit like life. You've got to figure out your balance. You've got to become stable. You've got to be firm and in your resolve and, and understand how to be confident and comfortable holding your space, your, just a few inches that you're standing on. And once you have a balanced posture in life, then you can go out and explore and do your Cirque du Soleil uh, adventures and see how they uh, treat you. Those are called pressure testings. Uh, those are those are adventures. Those are circumstances that test you. But you can't you can't understand what testing is until you understand what your baseline is. 
So you got to get squared away so that you can go out there and adventure and make those mistakes and learn how to have a, a better, more, a wider sense of balance as it were. I like that. I got uh, a couple comments here. Are there any other thoughts before I jump forward? Uh, just related to what Sean just said and, and also what Grant's got in his background there with the strength against strength. Well, when you have that solid base, as Sean was describing, then you have the foundation to go out to get the ex get experience that you're not comfortable with. You gain the knowledge from it, then you gain a perspective, and that circles back to having the strength to then move forward to the next experience. I like that. And, and um, just one thing to add yeah. for, uh, for Jason there, as I look at Jason, uh, it's not just the physical application. It's not just a strength-based application. It is also a cognitive sense of balance, a emotional sense of balance. Obviously, these are uh, important aspects. And so Jason flying a jet, we'll call it, as he's up in the air, he's not, he's not relying on burpees or push-ups. He's relying on proprioception. He's relying on his inner ear, the fluid in his inner ear. He's relying on things that can't be improved by burpees. He's relying on cognitive awareness and his physiological signals to help him understand where he is in a time-space continuum. Is he upside down or, or is he right side up? Is he barrel rolling or is he not? These, a barrel roll is something that can't be understood through push-ups. It can only be understood through a nuanced perspective of moving from a balanced baseline to an unbalanced new experience. And through a process, Jason learned how to fly a jet. And uh, that is something that is no small undertaking. But his balance in the air in a plane that is balanced is a direct result of him interacting with the environment around him, with the machine that he's in, with the people who got him off the ground, with the people who look after the machine when it lands. His day-to-day -day life requires balance in order to balance in the air. So I just want to make sure that we're not overly focused on the individual uh, and the minor little things that we have to sort out in order to play well in an extremely complex uh, uh, system called the world around us. Yeah, 100%. Any other thoughts uh, before I jump to the comments here? That's good. Okay. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, yeah. Uh, all right, so here we go. Tanya says, the stovetop elements metaphor has been helpful. Some elements are running hot, but that means you got to turn other elements down. I think that's uh, pretty effective. What do you guys think? Grant, any thoughts yeah. on that? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it, it, again, though, it needs a degree of awareness of yourself to even understand that, to be able to take some action on it though first as well. But it, I definitely agree with that. Cause if, in, and you said it right in the intro as well, you know, where we just, we become very in one direction and every problem is a nail and we all we have is a hammer kind of deal. Right. And um, you know, once we kind of take a step back and stop and kind of look around, it's like, well, there's more tools here and there's more options and there's more ways to address this. So yeah, I, I definitely agree with uh, what's being said here. Yeah. What about yourself, um, <clears throat> Jason? Uh, I personally haven't heard the the stovetop elements metaphor before, but it makes sense when you you know make it just a general application like that. Uh, so yeah, I would I would completely agree. Uh, Sean, any thoughts? 
Well, I think that uh, before anyone understands what the stovetop element uh, means, it's more about what is the outcome that requires a stovetop. Are we cooking a meal or are we observing how thermal energy uh, moves around in a machine? And so uh, there's that the stovetop could represent many things and our lack of understanding of the stovetop could represent many things. But in simple terms, I just think of why, why am I using a stovetop? What am I trying to produce as the outcome, as it were? Am I trying to burn the meal or am I trying to learn how to cook? Mm. Focus it's, energy. It's, focus energy. That's a great point. Um, the, the thought pattern that was going off my mind in what you said there, Sean, was the fact that in order to even begin, I mean, you just said this was in order to begin finding balance, you have to understand where you are. And if you can't understand where you are, then you need to understand why you're there, <laughs> right? Uh, the understanding of the tools you have, all these things, it's, it's so very important uh, ahead of time. Now I got another couple Sorry. comments here. I'm just, and just yep. to try to point there, just to have uh, some folks think maybe a little bit deeper. Um, before you even approach the stovetop, you got to understand why you're approaching it. Are you hungry or not? Maybe you're comfortable living your whole life on uh, surviving on peanut butter and jam sandwiches, and you've never cooked anything in your life. Well, that is a classic case of tying on a new white belt called learning how to cook, approaching a stovetop and learning how to create balance in your life by not only learning a new skill, by not only enriching your life, but learning how to apply nutritional science to your life, to become a better person in life, to pursue betterment in life. I think that balance, you, you can walk around the rest of your life surviving on peanut butter sandwiches and feel that you have balance. But from my perspective, that is like, that's like standing on one leg on a tightrope that's stretched between the Empire State Building and some other building that I sure don't want to be standing on. And so uh, I think to get balance, you should try to put your feet a little bit wider, try to have a little bit more of a stable stance by enriching your life through learning how to cook and not survive on peanut butter sandwiches. <laughs> Good point. The, uh, this actually brings up a really interesting point in terms of cooking. Um, you were saying this a little while ago, you were talking about barbecuing and smoking and all that stuff and it clicked in my head that balance is not always linear it, just because you are you know s slightly left of center that doesn't mean that you are completely unbalanced and need to do the exact opposite on the other side in the same way that if you're cooking a dinner in the oven and it says one hour at 200 degrees you can't cook it in 30 minutes at 400 degrees <laughs> you know what i mean like there's no it's not a linear step you have to be able to gauge it based on what it is you're cooking what it is you're making and what it is you're doing um yeah any other thoughts before i carry on with some of the comments here go ahead okay oh, go ahead doc c hitting us up good to see you doc c it's always good having you on here he says so true every major religion and philosophy discusses the importance of balance hinduism christianity buddhism etc it's also it's also so important physically as an athlete mind and body balance is vital. Uh, any thoughts on that before I carry on? Mm -hmm, I do. Yep. I think sure. uh, we haven't talked about yet is we're talking about what we have been talking about to date is 
finding a good balance in order to be better in life. But how do you do that? What, what, what is, what is a sure sign that you're unbalanced? Uh, and what, what do you guys think is a sure sign that someone is unbalanced? Who wants to take it? Grant, how about yourself? A sure. Oh, if, uh, if someone's unbalanced and I'm going to, this one I'm going to take in kind of an everyday type of direction. You can definitely tell if you pay attention to what they say, more specifically how they describe something. Like the emotionally descriptive words are super huge with this one. If people are using more of a negative connotation or whatever, you can tell exactly how they feel about a certain thing. And sometimes it's a bit subtle. Sometimes it'll come out in a tone of voice or sometimes they'll be they'll be a bit more insistent with the point as well. That means that they really strongly believe in that and they want you to believe in it as well. And so that becomes a challenge in and of itself, but it's also, I look at those things as kind of a puzzle now too. Okay. So then I don't, I don't want to just exactly say, I want to agree with ending right away, but at the same time, I don't want to cause any resistance. So then you start to ask some thoughtful questions. You're like, okay, tell me a bit more about it. You know, you know, and then just based on kind of what, and, there's they use this in sales as well you know where they kind of mirror your language and it's the same kind of idea where you want to ask them about okay why do you kind of feel like this and why do you why do you think this is important or vital and then you'll hear them and then you'll understand why it's so important to them and then either a you can you can say i, I don't agree with it because of x y and z or say you know what i, I don't agree I, I i understand it though it makes a lot of sense or b or c sorry <laughs> i agree with you it, it makes sense and 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 i find approaching things like that i also have an, an awful lot less uh, arguments about all kinds of things. That, and most of the things are like, they really kind of don't matter to a degree. Like some of them do, but some of them don't, but people still hold on to them. And if you don't want to upset your friends or your family members, I find that's a really healthy way to do it because it gives you more of an insight into them as a person. And it also means you're listening to them and you're validating them. And, and that's one of the biggest things we as humans chase is validation. And so, if you care about people, why not give it to them? At least you're not know, letting them know you're paying attention. You're listening to them. Um, some people, some people simply just need to feel like they're actually being heard. I think yeah. a lot of people go through and they don't get that. Um, even if, if, even if you don't agree with whatever that topic may be, but engage, understand their perspective. And you can come away from that conversation without having any kind of uh, disagreement over it, but just allowing that person to be heard can sometimes be a very, very uh, positive thing for them. Absolutely. And back to um, the, oh, there is sorry. a line, though. There is a line. At least there is for me. And I'll carefully say it, that I will not put up with a certain amount of nonsense. So I don't care how much someone wants to be heard. You can go tell your story to someone else who wants to hear it. If it's mega negative, I ain't listening to it. If, if you're really, and, and to, my, to answer my own question, which was how can you tell if someone's out of balance? If they're really angry, that's someone who's out of balance. And if they're up in my ear being mega angry, well, that ain't going to last too long because I don't have enough time or positive energy banked in my body to be able to put up with all of the negative stories that people want to tell me from time to time. And so I get that people want to be validated, that they want to be heard. Well, until they start spinning a more positive story, then I ain't the guy to call up and tell me all of your negative stories because there's a billion people out there with a boatload of negative stories and I don't have the 
psychological energy to absorb all of that negativity. So balance, if you're a really angry person, start figuring out how to be unangry, I would say. I, I think it goes into uh, more than that as well. It's not just about anger. It's about, I think, any, ex any extreme any extremity because there are the there's the toxic positivity type people where everything is just wonderful those people are not in balance either right and the um i think it goes into if you're if you're if you're holding an extreme position i think that's out of balance in my eyes um any other thoughts on this or we do you guys want to carry on with some of these comments there's some really good comments here so <laughs> i just want to keep pounding through these I don't know what the yeah. comments are to hit them. So Salty Jinx says, and the truth is, if you can't find balance in your mind body, how are you going to find or build it in work life and relationships as you go forward? You need to strip down your basics and build them. Like Chance said before, uh, build one habit at a time. So you establish a pattern and then balance it across topics. I think this is a great point. Um, in terms of, I think it goes to what you guys, what uh, you guys are saying as well is that you have to find your balance here and here before you can ever find it in external, in external situations. Um, any thoughts on that before we carry on? Good. Okay. Um, Doc C, here we go. The other thing that is interesting is need for balance in nutrition and fitness for optimizing physiological health. More times than not, too much or too little of anything can lead to problems. So yeah, 100%. Extremities, I think, is the issue. Um, salty jinx, doxy, absolutely. You can feel the results almost within a short period of time. That, that's been true for myself. The moment Sean introduced me to the concept of nutritional balance as to what I actually need to eat in order to uh, live a healthy life. This is, um, I noticed an immediate change just on the protein intake and all that stuff. It's, uh, it's pretty quick once you realize how out of balance you are and move towards that balance. Um, da, da, da. Anybody who's at any kind of, you know, even moderate fitness going into the extremes of what some people do in the military, uh, your diet and nutritional health is the hardest part. That's 90% of the equation. The body is going to follow whatever you put into it. But um, I found that being more focused on the diet and not just saying, well, I can handle it and eat whatever. Uh, and then changing my habits made a huge difference as well. And that's something you just kind of learn over time and through experience as to what your body wants um, and what it processes best. Well, it, it goes back to what Sean was saying too about all the negativity. You know, if, if you choose to let so much in, it causes inflammatory effect, effects in your mind. The same with any kind of garbage junk food. You start shoveling that down your throat and all of a sudden you start to, you know, you start to not feel so great. So say it, it, that, and that's what's interesting is being able to find those concepts and just, yeah, apply them kind of in both realms there. And, you know, one, one leads you down the other path. One path leads you down the other path. And that is when you start thinking toxically and you start eating toxically. And then the self-fulfilling prophecy is the more poison you put into the, your mind and body, the more poisonous you become to society, to yourself. And, and it's, it can turn into a wicked or a vicious spiral of uh, just really unbalanced, really negative lifestyle. And if you're not paying attention or if someone's not calling you out for it, 
you can slip into that negative space uh, through nutrition and mindset uh, pretty quickly without even knowing that you've done it until you either reflect back on the past or someone sidles up next to you and says, hey, bro, you used to be cool and now you're a jerk. Let's figure that out. That's a, that's a great point and goes into you know, the accountability piece, not only holding yourself accountable to what your desires are, but keeping each other accountable to, you know, who they are at, at their core. There's a, a really great question here from Eric. I want to put up. It says, do you think any identity crisis can be a powder counter push against balance? For example, getting out of the special forces to civilian life, the identity is having a shock to the system, which would definitely push against your balance of um, being in the special forces, like that's your, that's your norm. What do you guys think? John, I'm going to put you on the spot for this one. Sure. Well, it was for me, it was a shock to my system. I didn't realize how low speed the rest of the world was as I came from high speed world, uh, in special operations. And it was discombobulating, man. I found myself standing on the sidewalk wondering like why everyone was asleep at the wheel. And uh, it just didn't make any sense to me. It took me quite a long time to recalibrate to what I will call loosely the normal world. And uh, But here's the good news. Like, it was a struggle to kind of synchronize with that nonsense, but you've got to. And through that uh, effort to try to synchronize to the broader world around me, the non-special operations world, it was good for me because I had to figure out a balance in a much broader sense. I had my balance in special ops, but I needed to create or find balance in, in the big world. And uh, the best way for me to do that was to adventure and explore and, uh, and seek. Um, seek, seek positive experiences, bump into negative experiences, and figure out myself in the broader world around me. I was not in special operations, though I was balanced in that. I didn't have the right balance for the big world. It's taken me some time to figure that out, but I feel like I'm in a heck of a lot better place than, uh, than I was, you know, a couple of decades ago. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, I can relate to that a lot. Uh, you know, that's called zooming when you're at such a high tempo, high pace of expectation within your military career and you come back to the civilian life and you're just looking around and it's like, why are people not processing these basic things at a better speed? Um, and it's, it's definitely a transition for sure. Um, because you come out having the expectation that everybody else around you from, you know, your previous community in the military is everybody was really switched on, or at least we like to think that they were switched on um, <laughs> and, and doing their thing. Um, everybody working together as a team you know, towards the mission. And then you come out and everybody's kind of off on their own tangent. And it's, uh, it's, it's like, like Sean said, it's a bit confusing at first to try and bring yourself down to the pace of understanding that you're not needing to go a thousand miles an hour uh, every day uh, like you were. Mm. Great point. Grant? Yeah, it's, oh, it's definitely, a, it was a big adjustment thing. I think I, I, again, at that point I hid for a year cause I just could, it was too much of an overload. I couldn't handle it. It was just so much, your expectations are just like thrown right in the ditch. And it's like, mm. I can't even, I can't even handle this. Like, man, um, but then after a while, you kind of figure it out. And like now where I'm sitting is those types of experiences, they just, they show us who we are. It shows us our values and, and who we are as a person. And we, 
we have to we have to figure out again if we're looking at it as an internal thing first it's like what characteristics did this really hard or this high tempo uh type of lifestyle show me that i possess and then how can i take those same attributes of my own just my own being and put it into the other aspects of my life so you know if you we have the knowledge then maybe we have to learn to walk people into into things a little bit easier or maybe we're the ones that are going to have to be more sturdier. So we have to understand that we're going to be the ones to lean on at least till people kind of get it figured out and get a sturdier frame and show them how too. that's another big thing too. I've, I've really come to realize, especially for mentoring uh, my coworkers there in the last, in the last little while, anyways, whenever I was, it's like, I have the knowledge. So my responsibility is to share that knowledge and I have to share that knowledge in a way that these people are all around me. They we're working towards the same goal. So then how do you, make the language so that they all want to get on board and, and they want to drive harder. And, and that, I think that's a more constructive challenge anyways. Um, I, I figured that out after a while. It took me a lot of years though, a lot of years of, of frustration and, and same sounds the same as a lot of you guys too, right? Like it's just, you're banging your head against the wall and then you realize if I'm banging my head against the wall, it means it's not working. I got to readjust here. Yeah. yeah. What, what's, what's not working is you and not the wall. And it's not the people who are hearing you bang your head on the wall that ain't working. It's you banging your head on the wall. It's our individual responsibility to stop banging our head on the wall so that we can actually think a little more clearly and help other people who are banging their heads on the wall. That's tricky, man. And I think that anyone who's lived a pretty hard velocity lifestyle, when you step out onto the sidewalk and try to figure out balance, it ain't, it ain't going to happen overnight. And guess what? That's a good thing, to be honest, because in that friction, in that tension, in that, in that discombobulated moment of weeks, months, or years, though, that's, that's what's going to make you great. And I, I, anyone who stayed in the game of pushing the pace and trying to figure out how to find the right balance within the broader world around us, if you can if you can just hold on for a, a couple, three years or whatever the case is and figure it out, you are going to come out of the other end so much better for it, but not just for yourself, for the team. Now you'll be able to talk about how you can help other people, how you can directly show them a better way to do things through your own example rather than talking about how to solve the world's problems through a dusty library book. You can just sit down with a guy and say, hey, bro, grab a seat. Let's talk about how I made a boatload of mistakes. But at the tail end of it, here's my life. It's not so bad now compared to where I was maybe a bit like you, pal. And so I think that these are great opportunities for us to engage the long process. So at the end of it, we can help others in a more meaningful way. Good point. Any other thoughts? Or I carry on. Huh? I was just thinking that um, <laughs> it's kind of, if you're bashing your head against a wall, eventually your head will get thicker, or you will be balanced by the wall. Right? <laughs> you'll hit it too hard, and it'll take it a second. You'll have to blink a little bit. Um, but it's it's an intentional process, right? If you want to seek balance, you have to actively go. My head hurts. Oh. Maybe I shouldn't hit the wall so hard. Oh, okay. Let me stop and take a second and then think about it and then look around. And, but it's an intentional process. People don't, it mm. should be intentional. 
but it isn't. And that's what mm -hmm. we're talking about. For the people out there who've got balance right now, they don't need to hear any of this. There's a pile of people out there that don't have balance and are banging their head on a wall and don't have the ability right now to think, I got to stop banging my head on the wall because we've probably all banged our head on a wall. And at some point, we should have said to ourselves, I got to stop banging my head on the wall. And maybe we didn't. Maybe it took some guy walking up to us and say, hey, bro, you're either going to start getting used to buying new drywall or you got to stop banging your head on the wall. Let's talk about that. So not everyone comes to the realization that the constant headache they've got is because they keep banging their head on a wall. Yeah, 100%. Jason or Grant, you got any thoughts before I carry on? Well, I got something else we can kind of tie together here. So if you're banging yeah. your head against the wall, but the wall is the obstacle, if there's a better opportunity, you know, maybe do we got to climb over the wall? Do we have to, you know, do a little kind of a bit of a hop up and a step to get over the wall? And basically everything that I've been listening to so far since we started this, there's a thread that ties all this together and it's agility. The more agile and adaptable you are, the more you can kind of navigate around whatever falls in front of you. And it's just, I think once we start, you know, to get the balance, and 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 where we kind of are then we add the movement component which is the agility and then we can really start to work with our world in meaningful ways and i just kind of wanted to throw that out there i don't know if you want to start going down that rabbit hole yet but i just i had it it's been burning a hole in my brain i'm like man that's what it is agility is the biggest thing it's it's what ties it all together it's really cool 100 percent right <clears throat> um there's actually this comment here that goes directly to that so i'm going to hit this and then we can discuss it because she says what are your thoughts tanya says what are your thoughts on staying centered while being imbalanced the bjj equivalent is float passing or dominating scrambles etc but a lot of it goes to what you're saying there grant is agility what do you think uh jason uh in order to have that i mean you have to be having your baseline uh enough to understand, again, like going back to what we were talking about earlier, uh, having the baseline to understand where you are so that you can make that move, you can have the agility to go after that. Um, and so there comes a personal sense of understanding that has to happen first before you, you can maneuver in that way. Yeah, 100%. Sean, any thoughts? Yeah, sure. The first thought that came to mind was something that Tim Turner uh, said to my son, Keegan, when we were out at Operation Pegasus Jump just a few days ago. And, and Jason, you may have even been standing there. I'm not sure when uh, Tim said this. And it was just before we went up for our jump. And uh, it was along the lines of Keegan was talking about how he's supposed to adopt his free fall position and et cetera, et cetera. And Tim uh, said to Keegan, you know, it's really interesting. Once you've done something enough times, it doesn't matter the position that you adopt once you get out into the air. Just like your dad and I, we've jumped so many times that we could go out like this and we'd be stable because through a repetition, through practice, through a lot of imbalanced moments, we found a way to exit a plane with our hands in our pockets and still be stable uh, because we've just done it so many times. And that comes down to, we're talking about agility or we're talking about staying centered while imbalanced. If you, if you have been off balance enough to find your balance in any situation, then you can always be balanced in an unbalanced position. Looking at BJJ as the example, or more correctly, speak about another uh, recent reference, Satch was talking in one of my live uh, podcasts on how he would like to maybe do some uh, mountain trail running 
And I was talking about a race here in Roslyn called the Broken Goat, which is quite hard because you have to be a technical mountain runner. You've got to have mountain legs. Whereas you're, you're descending down something rather than hitting something and absorbing the load and springing off it, what you do is you barely touch the rocks. You basically float down the mountain, barely touching any surface. It's just a tiny little tippy tap for a split second until you're going to the next one. So you float down a mountain, but you can't float down a mountain unless you've done a lot of floating down a mountain. And when you start your first day on floating down a mountain, what happens is you touch a rock and then you land on your silly head. And that's what happens for weeks and weeks and months and years sometimes. So Sachin, his mind wanted to float down a mountain. And all I could see was him having a big Band-Aid on his head. You know what I'm saying? So He's going to fall a few times first. <laughs> you've got to fall a few times. And so uh, thoughts on staying centered while being in balance? 100% it's possible. It's how I run my life nowadays. But when I was a young buck, you know, if I stood up on a rock, I'd tumble down and whack my silly head. So there, there's a time and place, and it usually takes a lot of bangs to figure out how to do that well. That's a great point. Uh, any other thoughts before I carry on? Uh, just that one, just because, like I said, it's been kind of the big focus of what I've been doing here the last little while. That translates as well with your interactions with people, right? I mean, the more the more reference points, the more data points of understanding you have, the easier it is to be agile in a conversation where you're not, you're not going to get frustrated because to know more is to have more certainty to, you can at least go back and forth a bit more and keep your head about you as well too. Cause you're like, okay, this is familiar. And if certain parts were not familiar, you just find it out and uh, you learn to interact and get along with people better. And I say that now too, because that's a, it's a big important part because the communities are so big now and there's a lot more, we need more social elasticity, I guess, so we can understand people. And we just might get caught off guard as well. You're talking to somebody and you say something, all of a sudden they get like real wound up, but something you say unintentionally, like, oh, no, no, that's not what I meant here. Instead of saying, well, instead of being confrontational, but it'll be like, okay, I got to back off and explain this better kind of deal. And that, even that, sometimes you see that play out where people are like this and it's like, Oh, here we go. So avoiding that too makes for an awful lot less stressful day. And again, less of a buildup of all the little toxins in the body as well. That's a great point. I, uh, I was just, I'm, I'm re-listening to the book of five rings because it's been a while since I've actually read it. And uh, just recently there was a passage that was saying that the, uh, that both legs, each of your legs are not, uh, they do not move uh, they move at the same time, but don't have to move at the same time and something similar to that. And what I took from that was the fact that they are not separate entities, right? So that, you know, your left leg and your right leg are not separate in that they do things different. Uh, they do things differently at the same, uh, do th different things at the same time, but they are part of a whole movement that you're attempting. And I think that this goes in lines of balance is that, it's not always going to be a knee-jerk reaction to the opposite side, right? It has to be part of a larger movement. It has to be, if I want to achieve balance mentally, everything comes into play. Similar to how we were talking about um, log PT with Doc C the other day there, Sean, and it really brought into uh, mind the concept that each person holding up the log applies pressure to the log to keep it balanced. But if certain, certain people start dropping it, then the whole balance is, is put off regardless of their position, 
I think that's um, a very interesting addition to the point of agility is the fact that it is a built process, but it goes into a larger concept of balance as well. They have to be seeking agility or balance through agility rather than just seeking agility and hoping to attain balance. And any thoughts on that for a parent? Um, just to clear it up, maybe a little bit more. I think what we're talking about is dogmatic thought and agile thought. Mm. So um, removing all of the ideas of logs to the side, if you are entering into a conversation with someone and you're dogmatic, you have no agility. If you're entering into a conversation, highly fluidized, able to touch on any subject at any moment and quickly shift the conversation in a variety of different ways. That is, that's the opposite of dogmatic. And so uh, now bringing back in the log idea, if you think that your only job in that moment is to hold a log up, you're missing the point. Uh, what you need to do is more clearly understand your role in that moment for yourself and for the team. And that role will hinge very much so on an agile mind and an agile body. And uh, that's both as an individual and as a unit for sure. Absolutely. Thank you for the clarification. That was a much better way of putting it than I did. Um, any thoughts on that before we carry on with some comments? The, the uh, commenters are in it today. I love it. Um, Satch says, is there ever a time when imbalance may be necessary? If at all. Mm, Grant? Give Absolutely. And that's the one biggest thing I've been telling people. It's like, don't overthink things. Just go and experience life because life is going to show you you're going to fail and you're going to see it is, okay, if I fail this, how much does this hurt now and how much of a cost have I paid? And is it important enough that I want to get really good at this? Or is it like, oh, okay, whatever. I don't really care. And, and life goes on. So it kind of shows you again, where you intrinsically as a character are. You want to put yourself in those unbalanced situations. And really, how do you ever develop agility if you're not you know, kind of testing those little periphery muscles here and there, you know what I mean? It's kind of like uh, you want to get a better flow, but you have to first be able to put the bits together first and you have to go find those bits and you have to find out those bits that work for you first as well. And that's a trial by error thing. 100%. Jason? No, just, <clears throat> excuse me, fully agree with everything Grant just said, really, yeah. Right. Sure. Uh, Sean, <laughs> any thoughts? Yeah, so to Satch, I mean, uh, as I just spoke about him uh, wanting to run down a mountain, uh, float down a mountain, the only way to learn how to do that is to go stand on a rock and then lift one foot off the rock and try to find your balance on the rock and then lean your head forward and see where it takes you and maybe you'll land on the next rock. And that is important in life to get better at anything. You need to find your point of balance, base posture structure, and then you need to find your point of imbalance so that you can then increase your sense of balance on uh, further more challenging obstacles, for lack of a better term. Great point. Um, <clears throat> Tanya answers that. She says, possibly. <laughs> Think of how muscles or energy systems need to be pushed in order to adapt. But I imagine balance is made in other avenues, uh, as in recovery, um, as well as uh, Dr. C says, good, or good, 
Sash my thoughts. It is essential to note that while temporary imbalances can be advantageous in certain contexts, there are not often meant to be transitional phases rather than long-term states. That's an excellent point. I was just thinking, any thoughts on that before I iterate on that? No. We're talking about uh, how much, if we're talking about the frequency of imbalance, Mm -hmm. I kind of like it all the time. And uh, I like to feel like I'm in movement rather than balancing on one leg in a crane stance, like I'm about to Kung Fu someone in the matrix. Uh, I think that uh, being a little off balance, understanding my proprioception, creating all of those rapid response uh, uh, secondary muscles to keep me in balance in the moment. Uh, an agile body is an agile mind and an agile mind is an agile conversationalist and an avid or an agile conversationalist is a, et cetera, et cetera. In order to become better at life, I think that you have to chase imbalance and fix imbalance and then chase more imbalance and then fix imbalance so that, uh, you know, many years later, you can balance one footed on a rock with some sort of weird yoga pose and stare at the sun and be some sort of sunshine warrior or something like that. I don't know. But I think in order to become more complex and nuanced and awesome, you have to go out and become imbalanced. Good point. Um, any other thoughts? I got a really great question from Eric here. So that's good to go. Uh, I was actually yep. going to make a comment on that based on uh, some of the other okay. comments Eric's made here that are on the side um, and referencing just the whole conversation we've had and um, especially Keegan's experience and my own experience, everyone's experience at the Operation Pegasus Jump and how awesome that is uh, for people who you know, are feeling like they don't have the community, they're feeling like they're imbalanced, they're disconnected. Um, and what Operation Pegasus Jump has done for, you know, the veteran military and first responder community by bringing people together with those same problems and pushing them on an extreme imbalance to get them back into that feeling of training, regiment, understanding what they're doing, and then throwing themselves out of an airplane. And then they come down with this, you know, new euphoric sense of what they've accomplished and where they didn't think they could ever push themselves to go. And then whack, here comes the, you know, understanding of how out of balance they were once they've done that accomplishment. Um, so I think that's just such a tremendous event and I, I look forward to it every year now. Uh, agreed. And, and on that uh, same point, one of the interesting things that uh, Jason already knows and I know and anyone who's attended it is it doesn't matter how imbalanced you are when you show up, whatever imbalance means to you. The fact remains that the person standing to your left and right is a real good yardstick to measure yourself against in respect to balance. Like I may not be the most balanced person on the drop zone, but I'm more balanced than someone else on the drop zone. So as you watch the various characters talk with each other, bump into each other, have those conversations off to the side, you get to yardstick yourself against someone who is incredibly balanced. And I think that's a really important uh, idea that if you, it's not just about the physical action. It's not just about the mental action. It's about getting to yardstick yourself against other humans and see what is possible. Yeah, 100%. It goes into the uh, concept of unbalancing yourself all over again uh, to yardstick yourself against somebody else. Now, I got this really great question, and then 
I'll see if I can hit these comments and then we'll do some closing thoughts on this. But um, Eric, J, Eric J says, do you think our pride slash ego plays a role in keeping us dogmatic in the mind instead of agile in the mind? Grant, you're not pretty hard. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, especially anybody that does dangerous things too, right? I mean, those, those beliefs are going to be very hardwired into the brain. So it's going to be very hard to it's going to be very hard to lose them and where that translates into problems say in real life again is you know we all have we all have to be on time for things and we all have to do things quickly in a certain way in a very professional manner and we kind of touched on that earlier um so what happens again is that our expectations that's what drives it and so when we don't our, expe our expectations are not met because it's so hardwired to survival um it, it's harder to pick up these other um philosophies or, or ways of thinking because it's like well this has kept me alive up until this point so i don't care what you think or what you're saying about this thing because i've proven this in my own mind not realizing that maybe we're not whatever surrounding we're in we're not in any immediate danger and there's there's some if we give ourselves some affordance and leeway to kind of take a step back and kind of read the situation a bit better you know draw a whole different range card up if you will you might see more details or different things about the um event and again you're going to have more data points to plug into the web, which, uh, you know, leads into being agile again with your expectations of others. 100%. Jason, any thoughts? Uh, nope. Just agree again with everything that, uh, <laughs> that he has said there. He just nailed it. Yeah. I think your new call sign might just be echo. echo yeah. <laughs> Sean, any thoughts? I agree with uh, Grant that uh, it is important to stay agile in the mind. And uh, the best way to understand whether you've got an agile mind or not is to get around people who do have agile minds. And uh, that mm. way you can contextualize how how agile you are or not. Yeah, 100%. Um, okay, so... Any any other thoughts real quick before I'm, I'm going to pound through some of these comments because there's some really good ones here, but yeah, uh, here we go. So where are we here? Okay, Eric hits us with this one. He says, when I came back from Afghanistan, I literally didn't know how to talk to non-military folks. You eat, sleep, breathe military for seven months. It's hard to relate to the world. And so 100% correct. Not easy. Um, Tanya says... Balance in, involves an anchor slash center point. The journey is learning where to place and move that center of gravity as life shifts. I really like that. And I really like the, the uh, image of float passing. I, I do that quite a bit. Um, Eric J says, so does to Sean's point, I seeked out snowboarding and going to the mountains and going to dance clubs. It was great for balance. I would definitely do it. Um, Doc C says, I agree with Jason, foundation first, then balance, then agility. And here we go. Doc C says, so true, Sean, media influencers that don't have a clue tend to be dogmatic about a certain diet, exercise, or whatever. Um, and here we go. Uh, do stop me if you guys have any thoughts on any of these, by, by all means. Um, Tanya says, Eric, totally. Do I want to be right? Or do I want to be with them is a question I ask myself more and more often nowadays. That is an excellent question to ask yourself. That goes back um, to the ego thing that you were just talking about. Uh, ego dogma thinking I know it all. Like nobody else could possibly tell me something that I haven't heard before. Um, that is a way to be <laughs> imbalanced and left behind because you're just not taking in new information when you have that kind of mindset. I just... Go ahead. 
Yeah, and I just wanted to speak to that as well because that seems to be a problem that or an issue that comes up with just people I know out in out in the uh, just out in the out in the world, whatever walk of life they happen to be in. But that is a very thing there where people, you know, they we all want to belong to something. And I've asked even my wife this too. I'm like, well, how how much emotional? How are you feeling? How are you being treated? And and then once she kind of goes through that gambit of kind of questions and working through it, it's like, okay, now. Now that you've figured out how you're being treated and where you fit into all this, how much emotional clout are you willing to give this, be your expectations being met or not met? And do you think even a group like this is right for you? And then, and then it's like you just leave it to them. You don't take – you completely give them the power to figure that out for themselves. And that's huge because right now, especially too, it's like everybody has to be part of something. It's like, well, maybe you just don't have to choose to be part of anything. Maybe you can just kind of you know engage with people and, and you have these ideas and it's like, okay, what do you think about this? And then you take their perspective, you kind of chew on it a bit and be like, okay, no, I don't like that. Or yeah, I agree with that. And and I think that's the healthiest way to go about something like that. Agree. Absolutely. Uh, any other thoughts? I got uh, one last, I guess, question slash comment here and we'll hit those, that quickly and then we'll wrap it up. So um, Eric says, yes, at Tanya, I also wonder if men have a harder time than this than women, not passing blame onto gender roles, but males tend to have more rigid egos slash pride, et cetera. What do you guys think? Is it, um, do you think it works both ways in your experience or is it more tend lean towards more men than women? Jason? I would say it's pretty equal between the two uh, sexes, but they are handled very differently between the mm. two. Um, and I'm not going to begin to understand all the nuances that go on behind the scenes with the way women deal with that. Um, but I, I would say it's pretty equal. Grant, any thoughts? That's my turn. I, I, I absolutely agree with what Jason's saying here. It's it's very equal and it's very different vehicle of delivery. 100%. Sean, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I'm on the same opinion. I'm not, I'm not a woman, so I don't know. But my casual observation of it uh, is in line with uh, Jason and Grant for sure. Yeah, I agree. All right. So we're just a little bit over time right now, but any, let's get some final thoughts and then we'll shut her down for the afternoon. Um, let's start with Jason. Well, there's a summarized balance. I think we've already covered it. It starts with the self. It starts with your baseline. If you aren't sure where you are, um, you know, get some outside perspective to zoom out, uh, find that baseline, and then you can improve from there in whatever different fashion that uh, applies to you best. And Grant? Yeah, Uh on balance and agility as a as a concept i mean the more the more we practice those things and the more we learn those things the easier it becomes to navigate through life both mentally and physically you're bur definitely burning off you're bur you're wasting a lot less energy in both aspects and you're learning a lot more at a faster rate yeah sean i agree with both of those fellas and just to build off of that a little bit more why even bother trying to figure out balance i mean why bother are you just doing it for yourself? If that ain't enough, then do it for the team. If you just need that little extra nudge to start pursuing more balance in your life and you just don't have the juice to engage in that because you just don't see it as important for yourself, well, it's important for those around you. So uh, start uh, focusing on becoming a more balanced individual within your own personal life and within the team. Yeah, I could not agree more. Balance is 
in my life is very important, but it's it's only become important once I wanted it to become important. <laughs> and if you, uh, the biggest one was the fact that I wasn't looking at myself as part of a team. The moment I started seeing myself within the team, I was able to start seeing where I was imbalanced to begin with. And that allowed me to learn all kinds of things about myself, which in turn allowed me to build myself up and balance myself up, balance myself out so that I could grow into who I am today. And you can do that with us every day here on The Collective. We'll see you all tomorrow. Cheer